All right, today I want to talk about the power of truth, the power of truth. And, uh, you know, truth seems to be uh, dissipating in our society. The, the appreciation for truth is corroding. And how many are like me? Sometimes you don't know what to believe. You don't know what side of the story is true or not. And, and with uh, artificial intelligence, AI coming on the scene, it's gonna become even more complex. You're not gonna know, did this person really just make this video or was this a robot? And we are going to have to stay grounded in the truth of God's word. We're gonna have to stay centered in the truth of God's word. Despite what I want, despite what you want, despite what culture wants, despite what political parties are telling us, we, we're gonna have to stay centered in the bedrock of God's word. And George Orwell said this, he said, in a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Well, isn't that true now more than ever? That you, you can say something that is obvious. You can say something that is what I would put under the category of common sense. And it's considered to be revolutionary. There are some things, there are some obvious things that you're just not even allowed to say anymore. That's what Mr. Orwell was saying. He said, in, in a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And today I want us to start in the book of Romans and uh, Paul will talk about the importance of truth, the importance of knowing who we are, the importance of knowing who God is and following what God has given us. And he's laying down some basic points of the gospel in Romans 1, and he's talking about how people drift away, how cultures and how individuals drift away from truth. How many of us that, that truth is all we have? If you don't have truth, what do you have? If you don't know what to believe, what do you have? And so we have got to appreciate, we've got to love truth. And he starts in Romans 1, verse 16, he says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To whoever believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That, that word ashamed means offended. I, he says, I am not offended by the gospel. I think another way you can say that is this. I'm not offended by the truth. I'm not ashamed of the truth. I'm not offended by the truth. And that's so important because the truth is offensive. Before the truth can help you, the truth has to offend you. What's that look like? That looks like somebody saying, you have a problem with alcohol. You have a problem with lying. You have a problem with deceit. And so the truth, the gospel, it offends us. If it's being preached right. The gospel will offend you. The truth will offend you. And that's where we're at right now. Nobody likes truth because it offends us. Because it goes against what we want. And Paul says that I'm not ashamed, I'm not offended by the truth. Why? 
Because it is the power of God for salvation. What's he saying? He's saying it's the truth that saves us. It's the truth that has power. It doesn't give power, it is power. When you have truth, you're empowered. When you know what's right, you're empowered. And so he says, I'm not ashamed, I'm not offended by the gospel. Why? Because that's how we're saved. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to accept truth, no matter how it comes, no matter how it's packaged, no matter whether you prefer it or like it, it is the power of God for salvation. Come on, how many thankful today for the truth? How many thankful? So you must love truth and you have to seek truth. It has to be discovered. You have to dig deep, if you want to say. And if you don't have truth, you're going to be lost in life. And that is why I'm grieved at seeing people who don't want to hear truth, people that want to keep their kids from truth, because you're going to be a lost little lamb without it. And one of the greatest things that we can give our kids is to speak truth. To give them the truth of the gospel. Give them the truth of Jesus. The truth of God's word. It is the power of God for salvation. He says then we are saved by faith. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. If, if you want to have faith, if you want to believe, what do you have to hear? You have to hear truth. I'm so thankful for, I've had so many people in my life, from Sunday school teachers to authority figures to parents to family members on down the line who spoke truth to me. And that was the greatest gift I've ever received. Why? Because that's how I have faith. Someone told me about Jesus. Someone told me about sin. I mean, there's a lot of people that they don't know what's sin and what isn't anymore. You know why? Because they don't have truth. But when we're given truth, we know how to please God. We know how to live by faith. How many wants to live by faith? How many wants to please him? And he continues in, in verse 18. And you know, sometimes you ever feel like you need to be God's lawyer, especially in the society we're living in right now, like you just need to defend God. Well, he didn't really mean that. And well, you know, there's a, an exception here and there's a loophole. Now, now sometimes we just need to step back and let the truth speak for itself. And Paul says in verse 18, he says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. He says the wrath of God is poured out on people. Now, how can God be wrathful and God also be loved? You know that that is not God in conflict with himself because God's wrath comes from his justice. And yet, it's not loving to not be just. If I'm a judge, and I let somebody who has brutally tortured children come into my courtroom, 
And I say, well, you just made a mistake and you seem like a nice enough guy. Just go to jail for a couple days. And I let him go back out and continue harming children. I am not loving. I am not just. And so God's wrath is revealed from heaven. Why? Because people have suppressed the truth. What does it mean to suppress the truth? It means to hold it down. Don't want to hear that. Don't want to do that. You can't say that. That uh, what offends me. That's what it looks like when we suppress the truth. And has anybody found that speaking for myself, and if you're honest, speaking for yourself, we have a tendency to suppress the truth. We have a tendency to make excuses. We have a tendency to make ourselves the exception. And I don't know about you, but I can jump on somebody else. Like, like one time I remember I saw somebody else driving and they were texting at the same time. And I was so harsh. I was so judgmental. And then I thought about all the times I do it. You know why? Because we like to suppress the truth. I'm a good driver. I don't have a problem. We suppress, we, we hold it down. And how do we hold down the truth? Paul says we do it with our unrighteousness. With our unrighteousness, we suppress the truth. What does that mean? That means that I want to do what I want to do. And I don't care what God has to say about it. I want to have the right to do what I want to do. That is the unrighteousness that we have used for thousands of years to suppress the truth. And so Paul says, we put ourselves in line with God's wrath when we suppress the truth. We want truth to be subjective and we want it to be subjective to our experiences and our desires. Come on, somebody. And, and here's the phrase we hear all the time now. This is my truth. This is my truth. And, and we use this to justify everything now. Right? This is my truth. Well, yeah, I killed that person, but you got, you got to know my truth. Yes, I'm living this immoral lifestyle, but you've got to know my truth. You've got to know my experience. Now, I can be compassionate because of your truth, but your truth does not change the truth. There is just the truth. There's, there's not my truth. There's not your truth. There is just the truth. And I have got to make sure, li listen to me now, listen. I can't put the word of God through the prism of my experience. I've got to put my experience through the prism of God's word. Because his word's unchanging. My experiences are subjective and changing. But his eternal word never changes. And so when I start subjecting his truth to my truth, I start to suppress his truth. Now, if something's funny. I found that, that humans, we are the only creatures who do this. We are the only creatures that subject the truth of God's word to our experience. In other words, you, you don't see a fish like jump out of a water and demand the right to be a dog. Right. 
and, and say, well, you, you got to understand my experience. I've always wanted to be a dog. I've always, when I hop out of the water and I see dogs running on the side of the lake, I've always wanted to be that. Fish don't do that. Animals don't do that. We, we are the only creatures who try to subject truth into our experiences. Why is that? Well, God gave us a free will. And, and Paul will show us, when we start suppressing truth, we start losing common sense. And we don't know what's true anymore. And truth becomes what we want it to be. And we become deceived. Is anybody with me today? I know this is... This, this is what will save you a lot of trouble if you listen today. And so there's not my truth and your truth. There's just God's truth. And at the, at the root of our rebellion is this. We don't want to accept his truth. We want him to consult with us. It's like, but God, what about this? And at the root of that is a lack of faith in the word of God and his trustworthiness. And, and this is rebellion because verses 19 and 20 shows us that God has revealed certain truths about himself that are irrefutable. In verse 19, he says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because he has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. What's Paul saying? He's saying that there are some things that God has just made so obvious that deep down in our heart, we all know it's true. We all know we're not God. We all know that we are to be uh, subjected to a higher power, that there is something out there that has created us that's beyond us, and that, that there is something that makes this work, that there's something within each of us that we know that murder is wrong. We know that adultery is wrong. We know that all of these things are wrong. And what do we try to do? We try to suppress it. And so everybody is without excuse of the undeniable truths of God's nature. Why? Because we can look at the universe, we can look around at the order, and we can say something bigger is happening here. And he continues on in verse 21, he says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So people have a, a knowledge of God in their conscience. We have a conscience that we all know it's something's wrong. We all know that there's something out there that's bigger than us. And we all know that regardless of what we tell ourselves, that there is a creator who we are totally dependent upon. And despite these inward certain truths about God, he says that they do not honor him or give him thanks. What does it mean not to honor somebody? It means that we don't respect, we, we don't fear God. And the first step towards us walking away out of light into darkness is that we do not honor God. We do not honor his word. We, we say, I know better. 
or we say that that doesn't work anymore, or we say uh, that maybe that's fine for that person, but for me, it just isn't for me. And so the first step is this, we do not honor God. And when we see a lack of fear of God in our culture right now, and it is so prevalent where people do not honor God. I follow somebody on, on Instagram and, and they're an influencer and I saw something they posted not too long ago and they said, there is no heaven, there is no hell, do what makes you happy because we only have this one life. You better be right. And that's so prevalent right now in our culture where people do not honor God. And he says, because they do not honor God, they come, become futile in their thinking. And that leads to this, a lack of entitlement or a, a feeling of entitlement, a lack of gratitude. Because they do not honor God, he says in, in verse uh, 21, he says, they, be, they do not give him thanks. A lack of gratitude. A lack of honor will lead to a lack of gratitude. What did Satan try to do with Eve? Has God really said? You should be able to eat that. Think of that, of all the trees in the garden, how many millions of trees that were in that garden, God says, don't eat one. And what does Satan try to do? He tries to get into a spirit of entitlement into her life. He says, you should be able to do that. Who is God to tell you that you can't eat of that tree? And, and a lack of gratitude for all the things that God had given them. And, and that's where we're at right now. I, I see so many people with a lack of gratitude, a lack of thankfulness. We are living in an entitled culture that says, I deserve this. And so we don't honor God. We stop giving thanks to God. And then we become futile in our thinking. We begin to suppress the truth of God in our lives. And Satan will always try to convince us that we are getting cheated by God. You know, Satan isn't going to come to you today and I just got to apologize, guys. I'm having a lot of problems with my eyes. I'm really not emotional today. I'm just, I don't know if you guys can see. I got watery eyes. All right, can we just get that out of the way? Come on, let's give God praise. Pray that he heals me of these, this eye. But here, here's, here's what I want to tell us today. Satan's not going to come to you today and say, you know what, you should take off with that coworker tomorrow and fly to Vegas and e elope or, or have an affair and do a bunch of lines of cocaine and come home. For the most part, most of us will not be tempted by that. For the most part. For the most part, Satan's not going to get us that way. You know what he does? He starts with little lies. Like you used to be happier. Do you remember how much fun you had when you were single? The, the next little lie is, hey, what about that coworker? Don't they look nice? Don't they treat you better? Wouldn't they be more fun? And one lie begins on another. Why? Because when we start down the road of 
a lack of honor for God, a lack of gratitude for God, we open ourselves up for deception and we become futile in our thinking and we begin a slow fade down the wrong way. And so the progression is this, a lack of honor and gratitude towards God then leads to our thinking becoming poisoned. And he says this, our hearts are darkened. Follow Joe, lack of honor, lack of gratitude, bad thinking, and then my heart becomes darkened. I don't care what God has to say anymore. And, and here's the tragic thing, you start to believe your own lies because you have suppressed the truth. And he says in verse 23 that this leads to idolatry, that because of this, people started worshiping birds, animals, and creeping things. Now today, we don't do that for the most part. Instead, we worship money, we worship sex, we worship celebrity, we worship power, and none of it is lasting. It's just as foolish as somebody bowing down to a bird. So verse 24 says, therefore God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped based on the creator, creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Paul says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They exchanged what they knew about God and they rejected it and they were given a lie. Notice that it says that God gave them up. Verse 24, God gave them up. Do you know that God will not force you to serve him? And when we start dishonoring him, we start with the attitude of I'll do what I wanna do and we're not thankful. We, we forget about everything God has done for us. Do you know that God does not owe you anything? Come on, every day, some of us, each of us has something to praise God for. Lord, I thank you for clothes on my back. I thank you for food on my table. I thank you, God, that I live in a country where I can freely live for you. God, I thank you for friends. I thank you for this church. You, if Whenever you're going through a dry spell, whenever you start to feel like you're being led astray, you need to start thanking God. If you remember to thank God, you'll never, ever go the wrong direction. So he says that God gave them up. God will not force us to serve him. And here's the tragic thing. When we buy into a lie, it can feel so real that it feels like the truth. You know why? Because God will, if God says, if that's what you want, have it. And the only thing more powerful than the truth is a lie that feels like the truth. The final step of this gross progression is this. Look, he gave them up in the lust of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. The last step of the progression is this gross immorality. 
when we fall away from God, when cultures fall away from God, it leads to gross immorality. Why? Because people have been so removed from truth, obvious things become complicated. Second Thessalonians says this, Paul says this, Second Thessalonians, and he's, he's talking about the last days, and he says, the coming of the lawless one, which is a figure like that we often call the Antichrist, is according to the work of Satan with all power, signs, and what? Lying wonders. In other words, it's deception that looks true. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because what? They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And I'm just gonna say, say this right here. You and I today, who know the truth of God's word. And once you hear the truth of God's word, you are responsible to keep it. And when we reject the truth of God's word, deception comes into our life. When we do not receive the truth, you know what God will do? He will allow you to make that choice because he doesn't force any of us to serve him. And Paul says that when the Antichrist comes, he's gonna come with deception and there's gonna be people who fall into it. Why? Because they did not love the truth. They loved culture. They loved acceptance. They loved what they wanted to do. And it says in verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them what? A strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had what? Pleasure and unrighteousness. God will send them a strong delusion. Now, again, this is one of those parts of scripture where I, I feel like God needs a lawyer. Oh, but wait a minute. God's really a nice guy. Wait a minute. God would never really do that. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You got to understand. No, no, no. God says, if you tell yourself a lie enough, and, and if all the truth I've given you, if you openly reject it, I will send you a strong delusion that feels like truth. Come on, I know this is heavy today. But we have got to speak the truth to our kids. We've got to preach the truth to this generation. We've got to stay in the truth. Listen, now, now's not the time to walk away from God. Now's not the time to make the truth of God's word up for debate. We have got to protect the truth of God because I don't want to walk into a strong delusion. Amen. I wanna give my kids the greatest gift I can give them and that is the truth of God's word. So I wanna give us three points today and that is number one, truth is a person. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except what through me. You know, there's four things that tell the truth. Little kids, drunks, spandex, and Jesus. We were at the doctor this week. And we were all in the doctor and we were trying to figure this out. And George looked at the doctor and he said, and he pointed at me, he said, you know, sometimes that guy's a real jerk. <laughs> Thank you, George. 
you are my least favorite twin today. <laughs> Little kids will tell the truth. Spandex will tell the truth. Y'all stop, stop wearing that mess to Walmart. I, I, I just want a gallon of milk and bread. That's all I need. We don't need all that. Somebody needs to receive that today. Somebody. I gotta bring a little bit of levity to this. It's been a kind of a serious sermon, all right? If you're a guest, please come back next week. My eyes will be better. I'll try to be funnier, I don't know. But Jesus, where I was going with that, Jesus tells the truth. He is the truth. Truth is a person. And I wanna say this this way. Truth is a relationship. We start walking away from truth when we lose the relationship we have with God. We open ourselves to the lie when we separate ourselves from Jesus. That's why we've got to stay connected to Jesus. Truth is a relationship because truth is a person. And the goal isn't just to figure this out, like to memorize a textbook. And some people, you know what that is? That's the spirit of religion. We become religious when we start to treat God like a textbook. Well, here on page 466, it says, da-da-da-da, we can do all the right things and not have an ounce of a relationship with God. We have got to love the truth, but that comes through my relationship with Jesus, who is the truth. And when I know him, I'm gonna stay connected to truth. Come on, somebody. Somebody preach with me today. How many is gonna stay connected to Jesus said in, in the gospel of John, he, talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to spend, I'm going to send the spirit of truth. Right. You know what the Holy Spirit is? It's the spirit of truth. Right. And Jesus said, he's going to help you. That's why we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's because there's so many voices out there. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit say, don't do that. Right. Don't believe that. Don't go there. Come on. How many wants the spirit of truth <laughs> to guide your way, and here's the thing, if we reject the truth, we reject Jesus. You can't have a lie and have Jesus at the same time. Which we're hearing a lot of right now. If you love me, Jesus said what? Obey my commandments. Truth is a person. Number two, truth saves us. Truth saves us. John 8, 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Notice, and so many times we hear, the truth shall set you free. No, the truth doesn't set you free. You've got to know it. He says, if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. You've got to get this word in your life. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and you know what? That, that saves us. You know why? Because on our own devices, we are wicked. We are uh, lustful. We are full of all kinds of junk. And that's why I've got to know the truth. I've got to know the truth about myself. I've got to know the truth about God. I've got to know the truth of the word. Why? Because that saves me from this world that is pulling me away. Truth saves us. What did Jesus say in John 4? He said, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshiper, how many wants to be a true worshiper? 
true worshipers. I want you to see it, true worshipers. That means that if there's true worshipers, there's false worshipers. There's lots of people going to church today, lifting hands, doing religious stuff who aren't true worshipers. I wanna be a true worshiper. He says, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. Everybody say, and truth. Well, what does that mean? That means I can't just come to God any way I want to. Come on now. That means I don't, when I come to worship him, I don't make the rules. I don't tell him how I'm gonna worship him. I don't tell him what I'm going to do or I, I, I don't make the ground rules. When I come into this place, when I worship him, I am standing on holy ground and I am to subject myself to the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of his word. And here's the tragic part is I can worship and miss the mark because I'm not worshiping in truth. What differentiates us as Christians? We believe that we worship in truth. You've gotta know who Jesus is, come on. You've gotta know the name above every other name. You've gotta submit, what, what is worship? Worship isn't just lifting your hands, worship is living our whole life in agreement with God's character. We've got to worship in spirit and in truth. And then point number three is this. We must love the truth. You've got to love it. You've got to love truth more than what's convenient. You've got to love the truth more than what you want. It's difficult to love truth when the lie is easier. It's difficult to love the truth when it will cost you. Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. What does that mean? Go out, find truth, search the word of God, search God's heart, buy it because it's the only thing that's gonna last and never sell out, never give it up. Well, everybody else in the high school is doing that. Buy the truth and sell it not. Everybody else in the church is doing it. Buy the truth, sell it not. Well, the church down the street says, buy the truth, sell it not. Well, Oprah says, buy the truth, sell it not. The preacher on TV says, buy the truth, sell it not. Get it with everything that you have because if you don't have the truth, what do you have? Paul in Ephesians chapter six, he's given the Ephesian church the armor of God and I won't read it all, but he says this. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand 
in the evil day. How many of us were in an evil day? I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on that. He says, if you wanna survive, this is what you need, okay? And having done all, stand firm. Don't give in. He says this, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And then he gives all the other pieces, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, gives all the stuff. But the first thing he gives is what? The belt of truth. And you study that. He was talking about the the Roman uh, defense uh, protection of that time. There was a, a belt that they would put on and everything else clipped into that. And if you didn't have that belt, nothing stuck together. You can have the breastplate on, but everything from the waist down wasn't connected and and you would be susceptible and it, it just wouldn't fit. And so what he's saying is this, what makes everything work together is the truth. If you take the element of the truth out, none of the armor will work. And I wanna tell us today, now's not the time to give up on the truth of God's word. It is what will protect us. It is what will keep the helmet of salvation in place. It's what will keep our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I don't know, is anybody else here today determined, I'm going to stay in the truth of God's word. I'm not gonna give in to the whims of culture. I'm not going to surrender the truth of God's word. I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna defend it in my life. Come on, can we all stand to our feet today? I'm gonna keep it. to who I am what is the truth what are some foundational truths Jesus is God am I the only person that believes that here today how many believes that Jesus is Lord there's one God He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. Jesus is still the only way. How many of these that the Bible is the Word of God? The Bible shows us how we should live. Here's the truth. We must repent of our sins. In 2023, you must still repent of your sins. You can't get educated enough to please God. You know why the gospel, why the truth is offensive? Because the gospel shows us we can't impress Him. You've you've got to repent just like everybody else. You've got to believe that Jesus is Lord. How many believe still believes the truth that baptism works? Water baptism is still powerful. How many believes in the power of the Holy Spirit? How many believes that the Holy Spirit is still being poured out? It's still powerful, it's still effective, it's still true. How many still believe that we can live a holy life pleasing to God? That in 2023, holiness still matters. Dedication still matters. 
consecration still matters. These are foundational truths that will never be up for debate in this house. And there's safety in that. When this world goes crazy, God's word never changes. As I'm raising kids in this culture, what I've discovered is I've got to start now. I've got to start attacking lies for against five-year-olds. And I've just got to start giving them the greatest truth, the greatest gift I can give them, and that's the truth yes. of who Jesus is. Yes. Come on, can we just lift up our hands all over this house right now? If you're here today, you've been living a lie, Maybe you're going the wrong direction. You'll be honest, I've been going the wrong direction. I haven't been honoring the Word of God. I haven't been doing what I've been doing what I want to do. I've lost my gratitude for God. I've become entitled. If you're here today and and, and your your thinking's become darkened, I want to tell you, get in before it's too late. Turn around before it's too late. This is this is why the preaching of God's word saves us is because it is the power of God and salvation. So we're gonna open up these altars right now. If you need prayer today, if you wanna be baptized, if you need to repent, if you just wanna rededicate your life, if you just wanna come up here and say, thank you, Lord, that I know the truth of who you are. Whatever you need, if you need prayer for a need in your body, you come up here, because we believe the truth that God still heals. We believe that Jesus is still powerful, but let's just raise up our hands.